1: Calls.
0: this is the truth in the afternoon dr ken harris on the new 1017 the truth live from the american family insurance studio at the avenue in the heart of downtown milwaukee i am jason fields in for dr ken who is on assignment um so we were talking about you know going into the second hour what's the game plan and the strategy and and i sort of wanted to come to that because i was thinking about what okay what should, what should we talk about And I referenced, you know, the statement that the young man said, you know, if we want to start seeing murders decline, start having everybody get insurance. And his thought process was because at this point, when more people have to start spending money and sending money to black folks, I guarantee you they're going to come up with some solutions on how to stop doing it. And so as I as I pondered over that. The thought or the question came up, you know, so it's been two and a half years, a little bit over two and a half years. Since George Floyd. Has anything changed? What, if any. Has has anything changed for anybody? And so I I started doing some some research and I came across this article and I'm going to read some excerpts from it. Black Americans have a clear vision for reducing racism, but little hope it will happen. Many say key U.S. institutions should be rebuilt to ensure fair treatment. Now, I'm going to read that again. Many say key U.S. institutions should be rebuilt to ensure fair treatment. And I think that's there's, that's true, that that holds some weight. But it's not lost on me that if we're looking at these institutions now, in this day and age, and please You know, for those of you hearing me, this is not an attack on anybody. I'm not. I'm just saying I know all these people and I think they're good, great people. I'm just bringing it up for discussion. You have leaders who are black. Leading key institutions. And so before I think people just start piling on them. There's there. There's a two way street to this. They can't do it by themselves. Mayor Johnson, County Executive Crowley, Chair Ball, Chief Norman, Superintendent. They can't do all this stuff on their own, which means they need us in the community to back them up. If we want to change these institutions for fair treatment. And so what I'm telling you is the the groundwork has been laid. So let me go to this study. More than a year after the murder of George Floyd and the national protest debate and political promises that ensued. Sixty five percent of black Americans say the increased national attention on racial inequality has not led to change that improved their lives. Forty four percent say equality for black people in the United States is not likely to be achieved, according to newly released findings from an October twenty twenty one survey of the Black Americans by Pew Research Center. This study was done, then it was released. This article is uh, from this year. This is somewhat of a reversal in views from the September 2020. Now remember, the George Floyd incident occurred in May. i want to say May, so it was May 23rd, 2020. So this is somewhat of the reversal in views from September 2020 when half of Black adults said the increased national focus on issues of race would lead to major policy changes to address racial inequality in the country and 56 percent expected changes that would make their lives better. Can I be honest? I thought I thought we I thought some stuff would change, too. I had white folks calling me saying, Jay, what can we do? And these were banker people. And so I said, listen, um, come up off some money. All this other stuff, that's fine and dandy. But we need again, we need to talk economics. You know, the best social program is a job. You want me to? We got to get out of poverty. We got to get some assets. We have to have money. We have to be able to feed people. You know, us singing kumbaya, dancing, and shouting up and down—that's cool. But they don't pay no bills. So, my my advice and counsel was: Look, if you want to do this, then invest, not spend. Not donate, invest into black organizations led by black people and let them do it. Meaning don't just sit there and say, hey, we want to give this money and then everything got to go be ran through you because that's just not helping. So that was my that was my counsel. So at the same time, many black Americans are concerned about racial discrimination and its impact. Roughly eight in 10 say they have personally experienced discrimination because of their race or ethnicity, ethnicity. 79%. And most also say discrimination is the main reason many black people cannot get ahead. 68%. Now, I'm not one to just blame white folks for everything. I mean, don't get me wrong. You all know it's, it's us. Sometimes it is us and we have to be mindful when it is. But let's be clear. To my Caucasian brothers and sisters, y'all still got some work to do. We haven't arrived. Everything is not perfect, so let's not act like there's still there's not some policies that still need to be changed or looked at. In fact, I was so irritated by something. Uh, I think Carrie, what did I, I was watching the news and somebody, everybody was jumping up and down and was like, lynching is now illegal or in some. I'm like, it's 2023. Are you kidding me? I'm not jumping up and down for that. That's garbage. I'm not finna celebrate, oh, now you can't hang me no more. No, that's not a victory. What are we doing? When we jumping up and down celebrating the fact that you can't kill us no more. I'm sorry. That's the dumbest stuff I've ever heard. It's just It's little stuff like that that irks me. Or, you know, when I see things like, oh, the first black. Seriously, we still we still the first in 2023, the first to do this. And so these things we just, we, I, you know, some of this stuff should not be victories. Carla, I'm going to go to you on line one. What you got for us? Or I think they're coming or not. OK, what you got for us? You're on a new one on one seven the truth. Hello? Yep, we can hear you.
1: Hello? Oh, okay.
2: So uh I've been listening to you and yes it's just. I think what it means that he is
0: You're coming in a little muffled uh, for me.
2: Okay, how I say let me see if I can fix this for me.
0: Hello? Yep, can hear you. Hello, is this better? Yep, that's better.
2: Hello? Yeah, can you hear us? So I, I think, yeah, I think one of the big things that I see that needs to change is us as black people, we don't demand anything. You know, Abraham Lincoln said, a power without demands can see nothing. Correct. And nothing is changing because we don't demand anything, and we don't expect anything. We expect to put black leaders into office, and nothing changes. Now, I have to be honest, I live in Waukesha, but, you know, most of my family is in Is in um, is in Milwaukee, so Black Unity still means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. So that's so that's what I see a lot is we don't we don't ask for nothing. We don't we don't ask for nothing. So nothing's gonna change. And then secondly, about the George Floyd thing, I I thought some things gonna change, but only thing I thought was gonna change is police thinking a little bit more before they shoot us. But besides that, I didn't think nothing was gonna change because again, we just protested, yelled. You know, Black Lives Matter, but we didn't do anything to try to change it after. We didn't try to change no policies. We didn't try to change no, um, you know, anything like that. So I think that's where we are. we're at.
0: I appreciate that. Uh, and, and you hit the nail right on the head. Carrie, do we need to go to break right now? Yeah. You all, we're going to have more of this conversation on the side. Thank you, caller. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
1: This is exclusive. Go! Go! Nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up.
0: This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The truth live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields in for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. And we are discussing there's a there was a survey study done. And the, the gist of this was so after George Floyd, it's been around two years and a little bit over two and a half years. Has anything changed? You know, when 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 the event occurred, a lot of us thought, "Hey, maybe this was it." You know, white folks are finally starting to see the stuff we've been saying for years—they are killing us, and 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 they did. And there were some real allies who I believe w- said, "You know what? We got to change some things." So I do think there was a, a real effort. To, to try to change some stuff and I guess it's individual or personally did something change for you personally, you know, that that's a fair question. So this study was done and it was released in October. Uh, this article was published on, in August of this year. Black Americans see racism in our laws as a big problem and discrimination as a roadblock to progress. Black adults were asked in the survey to assess the current nature of racism in the United States and whether structural or individual sources of this racism are a bigger problem for black people. About half of black adults, 52 percent, say racism in our laws is a bigger problem than racism by individual people, while four in 10, 43 percent, say acts of racism committed by individual people is the bigger problem. Only 3% of black adults say that black people do not experience discrimination in the U.S. today. That's just weird. I, where, where is this 3%? Where do they live at, Gary? 3% of black folks do not. Well, I guess they don't experience discrimination in the U.S. today. Interesting. I would love to see where they where they live at. In assessing the magnitude of the problem that they face, the majority of black Americans say racism, 63% police brutality, 60%, and economic inequality, 54%, are extremely or very big problems for black people living in the U.S. Slightly smaller shares say the same about the affordability of health care, 47%, limitations on voting, 46%, and the quality of K-12 schools, 40%. Aside from their critiques of U.S. institutions, black adults also feel the impact of racial inequality personally, Most black adults say they occasionally or frequently experience unfair treatment because of their race or ethnicity, 79 percent. And two thirds, 68 percent, cite racial discrimination as the main reason many black people cannot get ahead today. So you have some numbers done by the Pew Research Center, a credible organization. And so I want to talk a little bit about, well, how do we, given this age where if we're talking about certain institutions, and those institutions are now headed up or led by black people is the expectation that something should change. Now, I would answer the answer should be yes, but that doesn't mean they have to they they can do it all on their own. They can do it on them, by themselves because I'll tell you in as it relates to, let's say, a Keith Posley, who's a good guy. I can tell you that if he starts to make some changes in certain things that there will be opposition. And then here's where the community comes in at. Will you stand by him or not? Because we can make the argument that if you started with education, the quality of K-12 schools, we could begin to, you know, as as we transition up this ladder and educate individuals, I can make the argument that if we started in the K-12 school systems, that would be better. That would be a strategic approach. Here's why I say that. Not every child is going to college. Why aren't we talking to our kids about being policemen, firemen? Why are we letting social media and the news deter our kids from having those good jobs, being the protectors and fighters of their very own communities? Why are we not promoting that? Affordability in healthcare, nursing, and not just nursing, but doctors, all kinds of things. Why are we not doing that now? I'm going to say this in forgive me if anybody's offended by it, but it's real. It's it's real talk. One of the reasons why we don't get ahead sometimes is because you all in these systems have the wrong people in charge of these programs. Here's what I mean when I say that. A telephone company called me and I know these people. They said, Jason, we have apprenticeships. We want to do some things. So I'm I called a school system. I said, Hey, they have the jobs, they have the apprenticeships. They will pay these high school kids to learn this trade and one of these jobs of the future, and not just those jobs. So the white woman running this program, she said, and 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 don't get me wrong, she was an ally. Cause she wanted to help, but here's where the breakdown occurred. So she says, and rightfully so to the company, do you have any literature with black folks on it? The company says, no, we, we don't have any. And she says, well, our kids won't want to um, participate. And I'm going, you know, black kids, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if they don't see no black person on a job that probably is not going to just stop them completely. Yes, it's an issue, but you don't stop the progress because the brochure ain't got black folks on it. I want you to think about how stupid that is. Eight positions to get these kids jobs in the future with a good company, maybe bought dual credit enrollment. And the hangup was, well, they don't have black folks on the literature. So maybe we shouldn't do it until they do that. So what you are saying is that you sacrifice in progress for perfection. I agree. Yes. The literature, that should be diverse. It should be diverse pictures. Yes, it should be, but that should not stop you from getting these kids into a program that will benefit them in the long run you can still do that and have the kids work on the program or brochure themselves. My point is this, if you got people in positions that that's their attitude, you are doing a disservice to the community. And that wasn't necessarily, it wasn't no blatant racism or anything, but I want you to think about that. This stopped and put a halt to a program with a major telephone company in the state because we didn't have black folks on the brochure. I agree. We need to have black faces, black faces, brown faces. I agree. We need to have all that, but that don't mean we should stop. That don't mean we don't. That doesn't mean we, we don't get these kids, the jobs that don't mean we don't enroll them in the program. And these are the kinds of people who you all keep having run stuff. And then you wonder why we're not getting anywhere because you're sacrificing progress for perfection. And so what I want to make sure is when we start looking at some of these things, there's a way to do this stuff so that it's not detrimental to the community. Carrie, I'm gonna go to Al on line one. Hello. Hey, Al. Hey, hey. I hear you talking about the
3: trades and the trades is a wonderful thing. What I was going to say, even if they don't see no diversity, please do not let them stop that. Have them use that as a firepower to build their audience.
0: Thank you, Al. Because a lot of
3: times things are designed. And I'm, my father works in the trade, and I know a lot of people who works in the trade. And believe it or not, a lot of their audience was created, and their audience does not look like us. And remember, when you teach a man a skill, that is something that they can never take away. And a lot of people use that skill to build those generational wealth and those businesses. When you go out on the outskirts and you see these big trucks with heavy-duty suspensions that says, Mom and Pop's LLC. So please, if the people who are listening, whether you're a painter, a plumber, HVAC, or a carpenter, do not be deterrent because you don't see no diversity. Use it as firepower to build your brand because once your brand is built, you will find other people within that journey who will help build it because the integrity will show in your work. But if you say you don't see no diversity, you're going to be right where you are. So use that as firepower to build your brand, create your audience, and your wealth will come because a lot of those people – that you create your audience with will will um, turn you to other people who can help build your brand. But use that as firepower, never use it as a deterrent and I get off the line and thank you.
0: Al, thank you. And you, you warmed my heart out because I, I was struggling with that. I, I was, I was so hurt because I'm thinking to myself and Carrie, if I'm correct, we got to go to go to break or when are we going to go to break? Okay. I was I was so hurt, Alan. I'm so glad you called in and said, because I'm sitting here going, this should not be the reason why we don't do something. And can I be honest with y'all? And, I, and I, I'm going to go on a tangent, but y'all might be saved by the break. If I could tell you all the stupid, stupid, stupid stuff that we just did because you got knucklehead people in positions who want stuff to be perfect instead of getting into the game and then working it out, that's one of the reasons why some of our laws, y'all gonna have me mentioning people's names, man. I'm telling you, I'm so I'm to the point where I'm getting so frustrated with certain folk because they have this attitude that if it's not a hundred percent right, then we shouldn't just do it at all. And meanwhile, while they have that attitude, they have that attitude because they're doing fine. It's the black kids who's struggling that we need to get in the game, and that and 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 you all, we have so much of that in this state that when we start looking at the importance of voting, I'm going to tell you, you need to start really looking and evaluating who we voted for. So Carrie, I believe I'm going to go to break. So we're going to have more of this conversation on the other side. And remember two and a half years, a little bit more since the George Floyd incident, did anything change? Has anything changed more of this conversation on the other side? This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Harris on the new 101.7 The Truth. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
2: Don't mind me, I'm living my dream, living that dream, yeah. Came from nothing, we thought that we would be living that dream, living that dream.
0: This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new one on one seven, the truth live from the American family insurance studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason fields and for Dr. Ken who was on assignment. And so we've been discussing two and a half years, a little bit over two and a half years from the George Floyd incident study done. Has anything changed? And there were, there was a study done. This study came out I want to say October, 2021, The article that I'm reading or referencing was August 2022. And here's something interesting, or I think we kind of know this a little bit, but it was intriguing nonetheless. Black Democrats, black Republicans differ on assessment of inequality and visions for social change. Party affiliation is one key point of difference among black Americans in their assessment of racial inequality and their visions for social change. Black Republicans and Republican leaners are more likely than black Democrats and democratic leaners to focus on the acts of individuals. For example, when summarizing the nature of racism against black people in the U S the majority of black Republicans, 59% say racist acts committed by individual people is a bigger problem for black people than racism in our laws. Black Democrats, 41% are less likely to hold that view. Black Republicans, 45 percent, are also more likely than black Democrats, 21 percent, to say that black people who cannot get ahead in the U.S. are mostly responsible for their own condition. And while similar shares of black Republicans, 79 percent, and Democrats, 80 percent, say they experience racial discrimination on a regular basis, Republicans, 64 percent, are more likely than Democrats, 36 percent, to say that most black people who want to get ahead can make it if they are willing to work hard. On the other hand, black Democrats are more likely than black Republicans to focus on the impact that racial inequality has on black Americans. Seven in 10 black Democrats, 73 percent, say racial discrimination is the main reason black people cannot get ahead in the U.S., while about four in 10 black Republicans, 44 percent, say the same. And black Democrats are more likely than black Republicans to say racism, 67 percent versus 46 percent and police brutality, 65 percent versus 44 percent are extremely big problems for black people today. So I don't I mean, if you've been paying attention, I think most of us in, in the, you know, if you've been listening to this show and many of the audience, you kind of that's not surprising. Uh, conservatives, Republicans, Tend to focus on the individual a little bit more. Uh, Democrats tend to focus on the group, the group norm. And so I'm I'm a firm believer that there there's balance. No one area is 100 percent correct. There's problems with both. So how do you look at these things and address them? Yes, there are laws on the books that discriminate or make it tough for us as a whole. Just based on the population, just based on statistics. Um, the fact that I, I quoted earlier that there was a celebration that, you know, we can't lynch anybody anymore. So to sit there and act as if laws don't play a factor is just ludicrous. And on the same side of that, you all know that sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's us. And I can say that confidently. Because when I compare what my father went through versus what I went through, I can guarantee you he had a harder time. My father picked cotton, grew up down south, and I can only imagine what he went through, what his father went through, and what his father's fathers went through. So to sit here and act like sometimes we're not in a better situation, again, that's ludicrous too. And so it's not, again, it's not one way is the best or correct way. There is, there's a combination of the two. And so we have to, as a people, address both. And the way you do that is, again, you look at how are we educating our individuals? What are we looking at doing? Are we putting our people in positions of power? And are we creating opportunities to be successful? And then on the flip side of that, we have to have a come to Jesus meeting because you don't get to have it both ways. I've said this before. You cannot sit there and say, well, you know, we just got to love everybody. That's cool. It sounds great. It's unrealistic. It's not going to happen because you have some people who, let's be candid, they don't care. And for us to sit here and act as if everybody can be saved when even the Bible itself say that's not going to happen, I think that's a fallacy. And anybody that convinces themselves that that's true, there's something wrong with you. And so I think we need to get to a point where there has to be balance in the way we approach, approach the solutions and how we engage with one another to empower one another. We can't leave anything, uh, you know, we can't leave anything unturned. We can't leave a stone unturned. We have to look at our education. This brings me back to. What's the impact of this, of these institutions when all the leaders are black? What's the impact that police brutality, will it decrease because we have a black sheriff, a black chief of police? Now, again, I think sometimes we fight things the wrong way my approach would be to recruit more black people. And that doesn't mean that black folks don't do the same kinds of crimes and things. But I do think that if you started opening up the doors to people in your community who know the people in your community, call me blind or stupid, but I think that plays a huge part in the potential success. I remember when we were younger we would chase police cars to get baseball cards. We would have police officers come to our school and we thought it was great. And when we saw black police officers, you couldn't tell us they wasn't a bomb. So maybe we shouldn't start enacting policies and strategies to get back to that point. And one way you have to do that is you have to engage young people. Carrie, I'm going to go to the caller on line one. What you got for us? You're on. You're on the truth.
1: Hey, good afternoon to you, Dr. Seals. What's up, man? Dr. Seals, I hear you talking. I hear you bringing up stuff about the uh, police brutality. We've got to be careful here because if you look at what's going on in Chicago right now, they have uh, I guess it is went through that uh, the cash bail system uh, for a lot of major crimes. Is being uh, is being rejected now. So what are we gonna do? We are gonna keep howling and howling. I want to see what the outcome of this is gonna be for a state that has got multiple homicides, unsolved uh, homicides as well, with redu- with away bail, and not only that, uh, up to seventy-two or forty-eight hours for a police response. So if you get if you in a situation and you call the police, they have a, they at their discretion. Uh, uh, they, they, it's at their uh, discretion. Uh, it, what's uh, a priority or prioritizing crime? Uh, we we better we better be careful the way we handling this police reform and this jail reform, because especially with us, with black folk, uh, we should be more concerned with, with what's going on now with the guns in our community. It's a it's a it's an elimination thing going on. And I think this is something that has got to be talked about. And you got to remember something: Illinois is a is, is a gateway, just like Wisconsin for a lot of things, man. Right. So uh, this 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 no bill thing, and tonight, if you're at home, go open it up and see what the see what we up against, man. See what we are up against, man. This is serious business. When you start, you know, we harping too much on prison reform, some folks. Crackers and niggas need to be in jail, okay? (laughs) I agree. I agree with that. They need to be in jail. I agree. So we're talking about justice reform and all of that. We fool around here, and I don't know if this is a setup to let the the, uh, damn gates go up and just let it overflow with crime where they have no other choice but to call in the military action to get things from law and order. Uh, I don't like to use law and order because it's been— Tucking out of, you know, tucking out of, just just blowed up, uh, personified in such a negative way that I'm gonna leave it alone at that point. But I will say this: uh, is it is it to raise the damn gates to allow the flood of crime to overshadow the city where they're forced to bring in national guard? and then it becomes a, uh, it can become a, a war thing at that point because the, them boys is trained to come in and occupy, shoot, to kill. So you got your little guns with 10 bullets. And, and, and I and I got to admit, us black folk have got some cold, bloody guns, but we ain't got a lot of bullets, man. <laughs> uh, you can have all the bullets you want. You can have all the bad. I mean, they got guns, brother, that you can go in a dark room and it'll detect heat and you just shoot over in that area. But if you ain't got no bullets, it ain't going to do no good. So we've got to be careful with this, pushing this reform right now till we get a grip on things, man. But I can't wait to see how this is going to play out uh, with Chicago. And uh, I think it's a crazy thing. But they opened the door for homosexuality in 68, 69. They're the ones that pushed the issue to allow uh, homosexuality to become legal because it was, a, it was an illegal law until 1961. New York, there was a little spurt going on out there where well, two guys challenged it but it quickly died down but that old Illinois opened it wide open man and now look what we face with today we're faced with teaching babies not to reproduce or not to be uh, uh actually confused today who they are genderly so but Illinois is a leading factor and we gotta open our eyes to that Dr. Fields and uh you're gonna be here tomorrow right
0: I am y'all got y'all got me all week
1: well, well, then, well, well, why don't you just take a look at that? And I'd like to hear from you on that because uh, this is a serious situation, and a lot of it is going to perk over to this area. You know, it's going to come this way because if you out on bail without a bail, you really don't got to run. But at the same time, if you miss court or whatever the deal is, you're going to wind up right over here. I mean, what's the next best thing? Milwaukee, right?
0: Yeah. Okay, my man, I got to go. Thanks. I'll take All a sure. look at it. Yeah, you know. Thank you. Interesting, you know, points in, in conversations, and and I think it it's it's funny because the caller you touch on some items, and there's something in you know that I've I've said before. I think again, we have to be very mindful. It's about balance and looking at all the solutions and thinking things through, because on the surface things can sound good, and I don't and I just don't think it's one strategy or the other. So we're going to have more of this conversation on the other side. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 101.7 The Truth. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com.
1: G-mix, G-Mix, for Kings only. Right about now. G-Mix. H-O. Yeah. Snoop Dogg. That's oh. right. They say you can't spell the West without the E-S. uh uh-huh. That's right. Real Kings, man. Bye. Hey, yo, Jiggins. Right Bye. now. I want you to take off on this track, man.
0: This is the like Truth in the is. Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 101.7 The Hold Truth. Up. Live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, I am Jason Fields. And for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment, and we have been talking about two years after George Floyd, has anything changed? Al, line one, what you got for us?
3: Only thing I wanted to say real quick in reference to the homosexuality, if people want to bring that up, make sure you talk about a lot of the parents who were selling their kids for sex including these kids who were being molested in the church, along with the kids, grown men, little boys, and women who were molested in slavery. Also, we're gonna talk about homosexuality. Let's not use the narrative because they were molested to push it. Why we don't ever talk about trying to help the hurt heal versus use a traumatic experience. I think that is very uh, pussy cat to do in reference to that. But when they talk about that agenda, they never stand against that white man, but they always praise him because when they come to that, they know who got the real strength and power. But when they was fighting in them two hundred and fifty slave rebellions, they didn't worry about the homosexuality. They told slave master, even though you cut our slave heads up, you still gonna die. So if we're gonna really talk about that. Let's touch Let's take the gloves off and really talk about it because you don't turn your back on no kids for no Bible. And I don't stand for one. I stand for all. So if we're going to use that narrative, you better come with all your firepower because we're going to dance on that. <laughs> Touche, Al.
0: Touche. Touche. Look like we got a, 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 a good discussion going. So uh, thank you, Al, for for calling in. Um. And for, and for giving us the, your, your insight, man, because you you absolutely right. There's a lot of stuff we could be talking about uh, and, and a lot of stuff that we don't. And, and so I think, you know, as we talk about this discussion, you all, it again, my point is this. And again, it's not to, you know, put anybody, you know, out there because that's not what this is about. What it is about is we've been waiting to get – leadership black folks at key institutions. And so now we have them and it's not simply about, well, what are they going to do? Cause I think that's unfair. And quite honestly, I think it's lazy to sit there and just put the onerous all on one person. And then at the same time on, uh, you know, throw out, it takes the community. Well, if that's true, then it's going to take all of us. Now, on the flip side of that, those leaders have to come to the community. And again, not necessarily that you want everybody's opinion because you are a leader of those organizations to do just those things. You know, as it relates to education, what's the game plan for working with the sheriff, the police, uh, the business community to get jobs, um, the judicial system? Um, you know, I think you guys, you have Senator Lena Taylor, I believe is running for judge here. You have, um, Everett Mitchell who is running for Supreme judge, African American man, you know, you, you have the opportunity to put these people in positions who, who have shown themselves to have some kind of level of commitment, empathy, compassion for the community. And so, you know, are we going to waste it? And then say, well, it's all white folks fault. When we have people in places who need our help. You know, and that's that's the point I want to bring to the table. It's not just good enough to say, well, we got these folks. Now what? Those folks owe it to the community Again, if it were me to get together and say, hey, here's the game plan. This is where we want to go. This is where we're at now. Here's where we need your help. And to lay out, you don't get to have it both ways. You can't say you won't say streets, but then you don't want to come down on people who out there doing the crime. It don't happen that way. It It just doesn't happen that way. And so if you have these people in positions, then what are we going to do? I think we have to continue to keep asking those questions because if this report is true, if we see that, yes, every black person has had a bout of discrimination. Yes, it is too. It's a two pronged approach. It's the systems. It's the policies. It's the infrastructure. It's also the individuals. Okay. Then what do we need to do to address those? Let's start with K-12. I've said this before. um, It amazes me that black folks are not in an uproar over the education of you all's children. I'm still flabbergasted by the fact that y'all are not kicking and screaming. When you start looking at the statistics of education of black folks in Milwaukee and Madison, and truth be told, the the black folks in Madison have a a, a worse statistical record. So it's up to you all. When we do these kinds of things And have these discussions But it's not just good to have the discussions Who's going to be committed to the action You know find out where you can get in Where you fit in Let's make something happen um, You guys have me here for the full week The duration I am going to have some guests um, My wife is doing great things You know I miss my wife And so I, I, I don't think she'll be joining me at the studio But we'll do that And so I want to make sure you all I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. We'll see you tomorrow.